Hello, and welcome back to Set the Table. This is episode 7, in which Jack and I are going to talk about alignment. Uh, I am John, with me as always is Jack. And, Good day. Uh, we're going to talk about alignment in tabletop role-playing games, and how to use that, uh, what it is, um, and a whole bunch. Probably just talk about it, because it's come up in the past couple of shows uh, a little bit here and there, particularly around evil characters, uh, and we'll get there, but um, I think we've got quite a bit of discussion um, uh, up to that point. Uh, but since we have started doing it uh, last time, or since last time, uh, we both have played some 5e. Do you want to go first, or shall I? Oh, I'll go first. All right. So so I'm playing in a homebrew campaign with my Monday night group, and I'm playing uh, Neutral Evil Bard. And um, I had to take a – I took a week – a day off because I wasn't feeling well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't get the Coronas, but – it was, or it wasn't the Coronas that time. But anyway, um, so the – party in my absence had kind of a uh the opening of willow kind of moment a nursemaid with a baby runs by the party she's being chased by a bunch of baddies she gives the baby to the party and then she leads the baddies away okay and, the ba- and so the the party's like oh what do we do with this and and my character's kind of the the leader or the brains of the outfit you're you're uh, the high charisma character I am the high charisma that's, character. That's how it works. So um, they, without me, they were like, eh, my character was actually singing in a speakeasy, Bard. Um, she, and she's trying to get connected to the under, the CD underworld um, spaces. So they're like, eh, you know, we're adventurers. We have a rough and tumble lifestyle. Nobody really wants to take care of this baby. Um, let's just take it to the orphanage. And so then my character comes back and they back brief her on what's happening. And she's like, so did you question the nursemaid? No, she ran away. Did you get a good look at the guys chasing her? Hey, orcs, we don't know. And she's like, so. Oh, no. So this baby's, you know, so this baby's in the orphanage and it's potentially valuable to somebody. Like somebody's willing to chase somebody else for it. Like, what the hell? Right. And they're like, well, what do you want with it? It's like, well, so we get it. And it can be a bargaining chip for better, you know, for for us. And they're like, well, what if it turns out to be nothing? And it's like, well, there's a brothel down the road. We'll just sell it. And they're like, you can't sell orphans. It's like, yeah, yeah, I can. Dorea can. <laughs> Dorea can sell orphans. Man, my so, group would have a big problem with her your group sounds like they don't play well with evil characters they are they're they're trying right so i've talked about connie uh my friend james's bard a little bit um but like he came from a, a place of slavery where he like has a pretty firm value that like buying and selling lives is not okay so for you to sell an orphan he would uh what what is it slap the uh i don't know there's some old whatever uh, i don't you know. know 
But if he messes up her hair, she's got bestow cursed on uh, a held action forever. Wow. That's pretty awesome, though. Um, you screw fun. with her hair, bestow curse. Per permanent reactions. I should yeah. encourage my group to do that. Or allow them to do that, rather. It hasn't come up, but it could. Um, we didn't play our main campaign uh, again this week. This is like the third week in a row that we have, have missed it. Uh, luckily, we have managed to fill our time with the alt game that we've been playing. And uh, because of uh, my friend who's running that game's schedule, they didn't, he, he wasn't able to, to prep and didn't uh, didn't want to rush to come Sunday when he found out he didn't have to work and had the time. Uh, so I spent almost all of Sunday uh, and a couple hours Saturday when I found out uh, writing a one-shot for uh, my, my friend James's girlfriend was going to play D&D &D with us and uh, it was going to be, she had role-played a little bit before, but it was going to be her first experience with 5e. And so uh, we spent a little time Saturday afternoon making up a character for her, um, with her. And I got the idea for the hook from her backstory and then wrote and played an adventure on Sunday. Um, so they, uh, she was a half-elf barbarian. Uh, no, no, she was going to be a barbarian. She ended up going ranger. Uh, she was a half-elf ranger and was part of a mercenary guild and had a contract um, to go meet with this dwarven woman in this dwarven town. And she needed to go... There was an attack within this dwarven woman's mine. She has this gem mine, and they do a, like, mine your own gems day where you pay a flat fee to go in to the mine and pluck around on your own and you get to keep what you find, that sort of thing. And they, uh, on one such day, this woman comes running out of, this dwarven woman comes running out of the mine with these large, bruisy scratches on her, her face and her back. Um, and not a lot of blood drawn from them, clothes on the back still torn, but just massive bruises and she's just shaking and clutching her head and screaming as she runs out and she's just on the ground shaking and all, all she can just all she's saying is is dark and darkness uh sort of one after the other um and the party goes goes in goes through the mine uh there's a shadow demon responsible for it at the end and it is uh they didn't catch the hook necessarily because of a couple not so great perception and investigation roles, but there was a small callback to the main game that we're playing sort of at the end of that game. Uh, so that was fun. I like to do stuff like that. Um, Lex, that bard, or not bard, the ranger, uh, had a lot of fun. Um, and it, it was good. I would love to play our main game, though, because I've been, been itching, but hopefully this weekend. Cool. Yeah. Um, I almost wish that I had alt game stuff to talk about because that would have been a good segue because I'm playing a chaotic evil Oathbreaker Paladin in that. Um, but I also don't want to start right at evil. So if we're going to talk about alignment, 
Um, and something that you and I often need to do when we start discussions is sort of define the thing that we're talking about. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to go first because I thought about this when I was talking to James about it, and I, I think I've worked out how I think this is. Um, but I believe that alignment is a piece of a character's moral compass that provides a way to evaluate the causes of their actions. Um, and I think a lot of the time people think that alignment is very one-to-one -one about a character's morality, but I think it's more about the pairing of the two and and how that answers why they've done the thing that they've done, not what the thing that they've done is or should have been. Um, yeah. That's more of the philosophical what is alignment. Alignment tends to be a value, uh, a two-word pairing on a spectrum from lawful to chaotic and from good to evil. So you could be uh, with neutral in between all of those. So you could be lawful good, lawful neutral, lawful evil, chaotic good, chaotic neutral, etc., etc. Right. Um, and uh, so that that's me. What is alignment to you? So... For it, it actually, it's a little bit different between when I'm a player and when I'm a DM. Okay. Okay. So when I'm a player, I look at my character's alignment as my, like you were saying, your moral compass. Like this is, this is who this character is from a spiritual, ethical, moral, philosophical standing okay and that kind of helps me make decisions as that character um as a player now as a dm i will often use alignment in more of the uh reactions and reasons for npcs doing certain things or not doing certain things yeah it's it's not right. necessarily what they do, but it's why they've done the thing they've done. Why they right, right. and so, and just to make sure that it's like okay, the the town guard comes into the tavern to break up the fight. It's a lawful good town. They're not coming in with drawn poison swords to murder everybody who started the ruckus, right? They're coming in with uh, clubs and nets. Uh, and they're going to arrest and apprehend the troublemakers. Unless that's the law, is that the guards all have poison swords and it's a zero-tolerance violence policy. Like you, So that that's why I, I use alignment to be the why more than the what. Because sure. any guard could do that, but if, if they are lawful good, then why? Well, that must right. be what the laws are, and that must be the expectation of good. Um, but yes, typically... I think the fantasy worlds that we build, especially those that are part of canons, tend to outline sort of expectations of what good and evil are. Uh, so like 5e, for example, has the, the angels and the devils. Like that's lawful good and that's lawful evil. Like Right. And then demons who are chaotic evil. Right. Right. So. Now that that's it, a certain... So, I'm thinking Dungeons and Dragons, right? Yeah. Pathfinder, Starfinder. 
there are a number of games that use this. I always call it the the tic tac toe board. It's a nine by nine square of alignments, right? Yeah, you've the seen bingo the alignment card. charts. Everybody knows what those are. The al- don't, I always call it the bingo card. Look uh, up alignment chart in Google, and you'll you'll know you'll what it. I'm talking about with that. Now, other games don't, right? Yes, other not all systems have an alignment. Have an alignment system. like uh, Alien had a stress mechanic, and and some goal. So so Alien, not the cinematic play, but the campaign play has a like personal goal right we had that you and and you have um rivals and allies and stress so if you're not operating towards your personal goal and you're not helping out your allies while you're not trying to like be mean or like if you help out a rival that can create stress so that's kind of there's no real alignment mechanic in the alien world um, but your actions can create or reduce your stress. Yes. Um, Call of Cthulhu has a sanity mechanic. So if you do something amoral or something that is outside the social norms for the uh, genre that you're playing, mm-hmm. right, then you'd take a san you'd make a sanity roll and then vampire the masquerade has humanity like right. right so you're struggling with this i'm a vampire but i have to kill people i killed someone who looks like my you know girlfriend sister, sister whatever and now i have to deal with a humanity problem so there are other games treat this differently and then some games have a much more simplified like Dungeon Crawl Classic and Mutant Crawl Classic. It's yeah. lawful, neutral, chaotic. Which is... I almost like that better. But at the same time, it's just a degree of depth that you're looking for in the system that you're playing. Sure. Um, but I think and that then, all of these amount to be explaining why people do things that they do. Do what they're doing in the game. Yep, yeah. absolutely. Which helps flesh out a character, because I think uh, without that part, it's it's closer to a video game and it's just oh i roll die i hit that i do that but you're not really there, there's nothing salient about your character or something that is physically on your character sheet uh that indicates like hey this is sort of a guide for you like if you do something you should be able to explain it from this lens um well, and the, I think the video game industry has has um, is working towards games like that. So if you look at um, Second Son, the Second Son series on PlayStation, Red Dead Redemption had a you make certain choices, you get the good story, you make other choices. Oh, sure, yeah. I mean, like games have done this since like Mass Effect yeah. or Dragon Age, Knights of the Old no. Republic. Yeah, not really a good versus evil. Well, not really an alignment thing. Um, no, it's that's. I think that's an but, alignment analog for sure. Yeah. Okay. In, in Knights of the Old Republic, it's Jedi versus Sith, and I think well, that Sith are, Sith are just intrinsically better anyway. But I think that if you were to <laughs> pose the question to a generalized audience, that they would say Jedi sway towards lawful good and Sith sway towards chaotic evil. Um, 
I think Sith could be chaotic good depending on the situation. Right. It depends on how you use that to explain right. your behavior. Like you're talking about stress and alien, and if you are very stressed out and you're making mistakes, it might be more prudent just to run away and hide. Sure. Um, which, like in D and D, might be neutral neutral chaotic neutral chaotic evil any other evil like i'm gonna save myself screw you guys um, yeah but you don't describe it that way because your alignment changes so much in alien depending on your goals and your sanity and sure um your alignment doesn't change a whole lot in D D unless i'm getting way ahead of myself yeah um so we introduced the the spectrum of alignment your tic-tac-toe board where you've got lawful good, lawful neutral, lawful evil, neutral good, neutral neutral or true neutral, and neutral evil, chaotic good, chaotic neutral, chaotic evil. Um, and so, if, yeah, if you do, if you look up, you know, insert your favorite TV show here alignment chart, uh, you'll probably find one that will give you a relatable idea uh, of what that is. Um, I think lawful to chaotic doesn't necessarily mean do you follow every single law um recently in there will be dungeons uh there is some like the latest episode which i'm not going to spoil but there is some alignment shenanigans going on uh and one of the characters asked the dm hey if if this is my case with alignment can i um the, the player asked can i lie if i'm lawful good and it seems like the answer was no but i would say yes because lying isn't illegal and it is often done maybe not often it is sometimes done with good intentions right does this um, dress make me look fat right just because you're lawful good doesn't mean you have to say, yeah, what a hunk of cheese. Like, No, because I'm going to, if I say, if I'm honest, I'm going to hurt your feelings and that'll make me, right? So that's not good. That's not good. Neutral, I think. Um, and, and like I was saying, I, it's, it's a compass. It's not an absolute. Right. That needle bounces a little bit between the right. things that it's near. And 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 I as a DM and I, I'm way this is way down in the show notes so I may I may hold off on this but I have ways to deal with that as a DM which we'll talk oh, about later. Yes. Um, now now I threw an extra alignment onto the list right there are the nine alignments that yes. everyone knows about and then there is chaotic stupid. The secret tenth alignment that's the not secret. so secret because most people have dealt with that. Or 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 people play it because they write yes. chaotic evil on the sheet and then they just they think that is a license to do uh, whatever they want, whenever they want, without consequences, because oh I'm chaotic evil. I'm you know, the the waitress, I'm gonna cut her. You could Why? do this. <laughs> I mean, you could argue that you could do the same thing with a lawful good paladin who, I am the law, barges into a restaurant and demands service for free. Yeah. So, yeah, chaotic, stupid. You'll see t-shirts. There are memes, right? It's not really an alignment. It's a, more of a player's attitude. Yeah, we could throw chaotic, stupid on the uh, the list of player types when we do that episode. Sure. Um. 
So for me, when I look at the chart, and and again, I'm a college professor. One of the classes I teach is ethics, right? So I look at this from an ethical framework standpoint. And, and I look at law, and I think of, I go right to deontological ethics, and I think of Immanuel Kant, uh, the philosopher. And if I'm a lawful character, my my morality, my ethical framework is based on rules. Yeah, your duty. Okay. Duty, duty rules, um, moral imperatives. If I'm chaotic, I'm John Stuart Mills. I'm a utilitarian. What brings the most joy to the most people or what brings the least pain uh, to the least kind of people? And then neutral is that in-between kind of in this situation, law trumps the greater good. In that situation, the greater good trumps law, that kind of thing. So that's kind of where my spectrum, how I define that spectrum. Um, and then the good versus evil. Um, I think it's easy for me to talk about evil. That's self-centered, egocentric. What's you know, hedonist? I'm looking out for number one. Um, sometimes and and i'm gonna try and do what's best for me where a more good character has empathy mm -hmm. right and they have a they have a higher calling or a greater purpose kind of kind of thing so that's kind of how i balance those those two i would i would argue that chaos is not always utilitarian okay uh, and I would argue that evil is not always self-driven. Um, more often than not, it is. But I think that some chaotic evil creatures or people, characters, um, are, are more so driven by what their evil brings about. Okay, I can see that. Um, and then chaos, I, I view as more hedonistic, where it's it's more like it doesn't matter who gets hurt as long as I, you know, if you're chaotic good, you could burn down half the town if it means you're going to free slaves. Like, sure, half the people aren't going to have places to live, but everyone will not be a slave the, anymore the, the people whose houses are burning down are the slavers who deserve it anyway right right so sometimes and, I, I think so i'm bringing i'm always. bringing a lot of good to the slaves and i'm bringing some pain to the slave owners yeah chaotic right? good robin hood robin hood right chaotic good is robin hood yep or uh, or dennis moore yeah <laughs> So missing from this list, and it, they wouldn't really give a crap anyway, are the nihilists. And this, I think, is the chaotic stupid, right? That I don't care about anything. Hey, man, we're going to go save. We're, the orphanage is on fire. I haven't finished my beer. <laughs> the See, whole so town is going to put the orphanage out. a little out. bit more chaotic evil. Yeah, maybe. Well, yeah, probably. You, you said chaotic stupid was people writing chaotic evil on the sheet. Yes. Or okay. See, I think and chaotic doing... stupid is people writing chaotic neutral on the sheet. Yeah, yeah, that could be too. Because yeah. I, like, I'm not bad. I'm doing it because I 
I'm helping this one person. I'm doing it for the quest. Yeah, nah. fireball the shopkeeper. Like, yeah. Um, and then I'll save I'll save my comment, the other comment for when we talk about is neutral a cop out. Sure. Okay. Sure. Um, unaligned so, creatures fall under that neutral list as well. Um, do you want to save say, that for cop out, or do you want to talk about unaligned creatures now? Well, uh, well, you you mentioned nihilists and um, okay that you you didn't. Well, I don't know if you said it, but it's here that you don't like neutral for animals or anything right. with intelligence that's, under four. I was that's what I was gonna save until the cop out section. Well, let's talk. Well, let's talk about we'll that talk now because we're already here. Yeah. So I don't like true neutral as an alignment for animals. It's not question mark. I don't think animals have a moral compass. Right. That's why most beasts are unaligned in 5e, at least. Right. I I would rather see an instinct mechanic instead of an alignment. Okay. So, and if 5e has fixed that, because in older versions of D&D, all the animals were just alignment neutral. It's a bear, alignment neutral. It's like, eh, it's not, it's not a Buddhist. It's like following its instinct, which is. <laughs> the bear's not a Buddhist. Watch yeah, the bear's out. Not a, the it, bear's might, not... it might maul you. Right. <laughs> You're near its cubs. It's, it's feels cornered. It's going to take a certain set of actions. So right. I like describing animals as being, uh, I think unaligned works, but I think alignment fluid might also work where that bear's decisions are based on like, it's almost entirely circumstantial. So like every round and, that that bear goes, their alignment changes to what it needs to be for them. Like they, you're right. They don't have an alignment. I, I, I'd like to actually, this is me being a little old fashioned, but I'd like to see an instinct mechanic with either a chart or a guide Sure. So if I am a, you know, instinct mammal or in, instinct mammal herd. So I've happened upon a herd of wild yaks. And the instinct table could be a D12, could be a D, uh, D20. Um, you know, give me a couple situations, you know, unthreatened, threatened, nervous, right? Oh, gosh, I rolled a one. Stampede, right? That and, would and, be if fun. Stamp and if you're stampeding, that, you know, it's, you're not, you know, this one lawful good yak is going to sacrifice himself to say, no, they all stampede, right? Right. Mammal predator. Okay, I go to the predator table. This is what it's going to do. Um reptile you know reptile this is what a reptile is going to do shark predator fish whatever and so sure that, i i think i kind of um i think i would like that as a gm a dm mm -hmm. for more realistic animal behavior type stuff um so i'm going to steal that idea oh thanks a lot well i'm not going to steal it because we're sort of creating it together right um but that is a pretty good suggestion for uh, the blog because I can totally do up some some instinct tables and do a little bit of uh, 
like animal behavioral research to try to have mm -hmm. that be a little you know yeah. i like that idea though because if you're gonna like with for me as a dm again i'm gonna look at that npc's alignment for what's the most probable behavior in the certain situation and okay. so that's why i think a, an instinct table for a specific class of animal i think would help right so we yeah herbivore dinosaur <laughs> roll on the table they're gonna keep eating because they're nine times 900 times your mass and they don't care about you. You munch, 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 munch. Sure. So. All right. All right. Um, well, see, so I, I, I want to disagree a little bit. About because what? I, because you, the way that you described, uh, like looking at something's alignment, and then using that to determine like what their most logical behavior would be, where. I. I think I use al alignment to describe more of the why. So a demon who is chaotic evil, uh, who appears in the street as you and your party are holding this baby, could just kill the baby. Right? Sure. I think that if you were going from... If you were using alignment to describe what they would do, that would be their what. And their why would be because they are chaotic evil. Whereas the demon could stop the pursuers and then vanish, having allowed the child to live. And then a hundred years later, right? That's the, the, the what was not explained by the fact that they were chaotic evil. Because you're sure, confused. I, I, so, so I, I think, so here's here's kind of how I look at this problem. The party, the nursemaid gives the baby to the part to the group, leads the horde of orcs on a wild goose chase, and then a demon appears. So, as a DM, I'm going to if the demon's part of this baby's story. The demon shows up and the child is a threat to the demon's existence or the child will be a threat to the demon's schemes in the future. Or the child okay. will be an asset. Right. But in my example, let's say it's a threat. Okay. So okay. the child's a threat. Now, <clears throat> chaotic evil creature, that's a threat to me. It doesn't matter that they're an infant. Fry the thing. Right? Fireball spell, done. Sure. If that, let's say that was a devil, not a demon. Okay? Lawful evil. That child is going to cause me problems. I'm not supposed to murder children. I'll murder the party protecting the child and then imprison the child someplace where it can't harm me. Because sure. killing is against the rules does that make sense yes and no i think we just handle it differently as okay. dms that's, but that's I, I just wanted to clarify it a little bit because i think that there are probably uh many more perspectives on how to use alignment 
Um, yeah. And since there's so many different games and so many different tables and so many different DMs, um, maybe it's just good that people have a couple examples. Sure. Where you can you can totally use alignment for what behavior they will do, and you can use alignment for why they have done the behavior. Right. Um, which I think makes for more interesting interactions because then the party's like, wait, why did that demon not just kill us? What's going on here? Um, but yeah. Uh, so so we we jumped to it, you mentioned is neutral a cop out? Um, oh, that was your question. It is my question, but that's where so we, is it a cop out? We trying to go. <clears throat> it's tough. I think that it is easier to play neutral alignments. Um, I I don't think it's a cop out because of the way that I look at alignment, where mm -hmm. a lawful good character might kill a baby, and a chaotic evil character might kill a baby. It's just why why versus the why in that situation for me. So whether right. your character is lawful good, neutral good, or evil or uh, lawful good, neutral good, chaotic good, it you, I think most people would argue it's not good to kill a baby, but again, that person is gonna if they do that, they'll have some story reason or personal motivation. Like this was my quest. I was sent here by a deity. Uh, I the child is half demon and it's gonna grow up to ruin the world. Like. The child's half demon and of the bastard son of the king, which is against the, right. the rules of succession. So I have to take it back to hell and throw it in a pit. Yes, because uh, I think that that it's yeah. So I don't think yeah. neutral is a cop out because I think that alignment doesn't necessarily drive what actions you take more what your character's reasoning for doing those things is. Sure. Um, what about you? Is neutral a cop out? I think people pick neutral because they don't so I think people gravitate towards the 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 neutrals so that they don't get called out if their character does something funky. Sure. So in that respect, I think it's a little bit of a cop out that you know, I'm playing a drow, if I do something kind I don't want to get in trouble, so instead of going chaotic evil, I'm going to go chaotic neutral. So remember last week where you, you mentioned the drow? Uh, I think it was last week you were talking yes. about uh, your one person in your group started playing a drow, and uh, you were... She? she he asked uh, he. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, why, why that guard or shopkeeper was so mean to you guys and you were like oh they're they're humans we hate them they hate us and she was like no i he he was like no i i don't hate them you can be like that's i think that's a good example of like where i like to view alignment as the why because sure. that is that what's the alignment of that character chaotic good okay right they don't they probably don't hate people, even though that's no, weird didn't. for Dolrea to hear. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's that's a I I thought of that as soon as you mentioned Drow. Um, yeah, and and the one thing we didn't I didn't put in the show notes. I thought really hard about it was 
racism versus okay. alignment. Um, because I played a lawful good dwarf cleric who was wildly racist against elves. Okay. Didn't like them. Didn't want to be near them. Didn't like their music. Didn't like their food. Healed everybody in the party, even the half-elf, because by Moradin, that was his calling. Were you lawful? Yes. There you go. Lawful good. Nice. And, but, you know, at it, and, and this, we'll talk about this a little bit later, the role play after the battles were, gosh, knife years, why can't you, you know, why you gotta be so clumsy? I thought your people were supposed to, I mean, he healed him. He was nice. He, he did the right thing, but in the campfire after the, you know, during the long rest, yeah. the dwarfs picking on the alpha, man, how many arrows are you going to dig out of there? I healed you five times today. Cause you're the worst warrior I've ever fought with. Cause you stupid knife here. Right. I'm sorry for the racial slurs. I apologize, but <laughs> They're fant they're fantastical. They're probably still so, not great, but ma many not just you ma your your siblings have told me fantasy racism is still racism. I mean, yeah, no it it is. So, it is. Um, but but that's something I don't think that we cover or that the alignment system uh can can address. Sure. Right. So yeah. I just wanted to throw that out there. That that hit me, and I didn't. I didn't. No, no, that. that's that's a that's a good it's a good little little story yeah. bit. Um, so, what do you think is the easiest to play? So the way I I have talked about the way that I do alignment a couple times because that's you know my perspective and my uh, way of understanding that. So. I think that true neutral is probably the easiest to play because if you're using it's it's the the way that the universe was supposed to be and that's that's what I did in that moment. I'm 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 doing exactly what I'm supposed to be. Um I, I think that if you use alignment as a why, uh I think true neutral is probably the easiest to be able you have an a somehow more infinite number of ways you could explain why you've done something than a few of the other alignments um i think neutral good might be a second because if you're mm. a hero but sometimes you gotta do sketch you gotta pick a lock or break a door like you, you might not want to be so stringent unlawful but uh you want to be a hero so you pick good um one of those. What do you think is easiest? So I think from the player perspective, if you can figure out kind of where your mind is, it's easiest for a player to play to play the alignment that they are in real life. Okay, that makes sense. So if you are, you know, I, I like to follow. I like rules. I like following rules. Rules make me comfortable. This is my comfort space. Rules, then play a lawful character, right? Yep. If um, if you don't like rules, but you want to help, like I don't care what the rules are. I just want to make sure everyone has a hot meal and a place to sleep in this poor village. Well, then you're chaotic good, right? You you it be it will be easier for you to to play those those roles. May not be as much. 
fun because you don't get to come out of your comfort zone as a player. But I think for a player, if you kind of take the alignment quiz on Facebook or whatever, oh, hey, I'm lawful neutral. Okay, cool. Then play lawful neutral. I think neutral also gets gravitated towards because people feel like lawful and chaotic and good and evil sort of shoehorn you into behavior because i think yeah. more dms use alignment as the what um so oh you're you're lawful good you can't punch that guy if he's complying with you it's like i'm not breaking a law like i'm not gonna uh assault is probably not a thing that people get arrested for unless it turns into some bloody or violent conflict but I'm gonna backhand the guy because he's disrespecting well, there, me. Like there are, there are like there's the law of chivalry. There's the bro code. There's lots of different laws. Like right, which right. set applies in this situation? Exactly. So uh, I think people gravitate towards neutral because they they read it like you said as sort of a, a freedom where they aren't gonna get called out for an action that they take because that's what they want their character to do so that they have fun at the game. Um, well, and that, that depends on how strictly the DM is enforcing alignment. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's coming, that's, again, that's coming up later in the show. Yeah. Um, so what's, what's the, the hardest alignment to play? So I think for folks, I think the hardest alignment for most people to wrap their heads around is lawful evil. Okay. Like, how do I follow rules but still be evil. And it's like, well, there's that's, you know, devils. But then people will go, well, devils do whatever the heck they want. It's like, ah, devils have contracts and they follow the contracts, right? Yeah. Um, in the Pathfinder universe, there's a nation uh, called Cheliacs and they're a lawful evil nation. So they have sets of rules that benefit the aristocracy directly and then there's lots of poverty and indentured servitude and slavery um, oh so it's america <laughs> oh come on now. no <laughs> sorry no, if you want to have that discussion tweet at me later but i'll keep that out of the show america don't you mess with america yeah so that i think that's Screams the hardest one for people to kind of portray correctly is that I'm in this for me, and I'm going to use a bunch of rules to trying to make my fortune no matter who I screw over, right? And then I think the next hardest one to play is actually lawful good. Because the hobo, murder hobo mechanisms and the drive to succeed, right, outweighs the... I'm a paladin. I'm a cleric of Moradin. I'm here to fight orcs and drink beer and make sure my my soldiers come home in one piece. But if the orcs start running away, you know, switch to bows, fellas. It's like, well, wait a minute. They're running away. We, we've won the battle. Stop stop fighting and let's celebrate and, and praise Moradin and and start healing people because that guy's sick and that guy's hurt and yeah. holy crap, that guy lost an eye. Yeah, yeah, you could keep fighting, General, but we need to save these people kind of thing. So I, I think I think it's very – people get wrapped up in the 
paragon of virtue fantasy. Sure, you know, and and you know, any goblin, every goblin is an evil goblin. So you know, you can kill goblins indiscriminately, even if you're lawful good. And it's like, uh, I, I as a DM have trouble with that. Sure, right. And if I have players who who have that kind of attitude, I always send them to uh, R.A. Salvatore's short story with Drist Dwarden when he meets Nojaim the goblin who's tied up in the barn. Um, right? And there's this goblin who's tied up in the barn, and he's a good goblin. He's the one good goblin in all of Faerun. Um, there's probably more than one. There's probably more than one, but there aren't thousands right um and this idea of you know uh you know we're we're adventurers and we're in this dangerous place and we're just gonna kill it's like "Mm, i i'm lawful good characters really shouldn't have that that mindset yeah right that's where you're in a lawful neutral or even trending towards a lawful evil all right mind so yeah I agree with lawful. So, what do you think? Well, I, so I agree with lawful good being uh, one of the harder, harder ones to play, um, especially because you, you know, you go into that with. I, I think a lot of people, myself included, start off their lawful good career with a paladin or a cleric. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't see a lot of lawful good barbarians, even though it could totally happen. Uh, but. Yeah you you have that sort of like divine righteous sense of you know your your character is this indefatigable paragon of virtue and no matter what you do as long as you're doing it for good it's okay um but, yeah see that end justifies the means that yeah. goes right into the evil category for me right so i totally it, i think a lot of it depends on your dm um, I think lawful good is is certainly one of the harder ones to to actually act as, um, and I well so I thought chaotic evil at first, uh, but I I have heard your case for lawful evil, um, and I I'm not sure which one would be harder for for folks to play. Maybe lawful evil. But I think lawful evil, and I think of like, I think of a lot of real life examples of people who say, "Hey, we're doing wonderful, great things at such and such a company or such and such a place," and it's like, "Well, you're not, because you're perpetuating systems that abuse." People. So, I, I have lots of real life examples where I would tag that lawful evil tag onto more people than I would tag a lawful good tag on. So I think sure. human beings know how to be evil far more than they know how to be good. Um, and I'm sure that that's just personal bias. Uh, but otherwise, I think chaotic evil is a harder one to play um, without... To Sorry, I think chaotic evil is a harder one to play well in yes. that yeah. it would be easy to go around punching whomever is gets in your way and blowing off every quest giver and fireballing all the shopkeepers, but because I use alignment as a why, you're not like like you need a reason to be do oh I'm evil. It's like so what are your what are your goals? World domination? Right. Like, okay, then that's probably okay. But 
I don't know well, that I've ever still, met a D and D character. That... Goal, if your goal is world domination, you can't blow up all the shops. You can. You can burn it all down and start over. Okay. If you're but, powerful enough. But if you're a level three sorcerer, right? That's that little chaotic stupid because you don't understand the bounds of... Right. You know, you're not acting within the reality of the of world. Of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that's when you hit, hit chaotic stupid. So Right. I think it's hard to be chaotic evil and do so in an interesting way than to be chaotic stupid. Um well, I've I've got a I've got a guide coming up later for chaotic evil characters. Okay, I was gonna I was just about to talk about my character Osric from the alt game, but if we're gonna have a little guide to chaotic evil later, we'll wait. Okay. Um, uh, I don't, we kind of already did these. Um, like, what's the most and least common alignments for people to play? Sure. Um, I posited that you know. I think neutral and neutral good being the easiest kind of makes them the most popular. Yeah. Um, I think neutral good and chaotic good are probably the, the two that I see the most. And that's, um, I agree with that too. And then I, I, I think I see neutral evil the least, maybe lawful evil. I don't play a lot of evil campaigns anyway, so I don't see evils a lot. Um, but if I, out of the few that I have, I think people want to be, Oh, lawful evil! I'm a gang boss, a mobster. Chaotic evil! I'm a, I'm a f everybody up. But not a yeah. lot of people go for neutral evil. No, no, and and actually, Dalrea Gem Counter is neutral evil, um, because she's an accountant, or she was an accountant for for a drow house. She so, was. She was an like, accountant. Rules and forms and filling things out. She's like she likes that. But if you know if you have to twist or and bend a rule here and there to get what you want, eh, okay, right. And then she's evil because, um, well, that's coming up next. Evil. Why do you play an evil character? And I, I, I actually have go, played. Go, in, go into it. You've played a bunch. So why, why I've do you played play a bunch? And I, and here's the other thing. I play evil characters. I'm the one evil character in a group of good characters. Mm-hmm. And you might say, well, whoa, how does that work? Why don't they just shank you for being evil? It's like, well, A, they're goody two-shoes. So you just can't shank somebody because they don't agree with you in general, right? You, Good you, characters you aren't going to go, hey, it says neutral evil on your uh, character sheet. <laughs> I've cut you. Ha -ha. How the hell is that good? Right. Um, and so – I think when you play an evil character or when you're portraying an evil NPC as the DM, mm -hmm. right, it isn't a license to do anything, right? Just because there's an E in your alignment doesn't mean you can cut whoever you want and poison whoever you want and steal uh, and that kind of stuff. You've Your evil character, and again, for me, remember, evil for me is self-centered hedonistic gaining power um and what i usually do when i have an evil npc or an evil character that needs to make a decision i always play the whiffim game okay and whiffim stands for what's in it for me 
or what's in it for my group or what's in it for my deity, right? Okay. Um, will this action make my life better, richer, entertaining? Will this action bring, right, if I'm playing a lawful evil character uh, and I'm, I'm part of the Thieves Guild, will this bring honor to the guild? Will this make us more money, right? That's, um, and then without here's the important part this is what makes it evil for me without regard to the impact to others right what's in it for yes. me and mine and i don't give a rat's red ass about anybody else unless you're making unless you're getting more than me like then we have an issue but yeah i so, like that with them so so that's with them what's in it for me, it for me? don't care about you um and that's kind of how i've how in my head I frame those evil activities. Again, an evil character has, and, and this is, um, and we didn't talk about 7th C, 2nd edition, but the, the villains in, it, it, there's no alignment in 7th C. The players are all assumed good. You're the good guys in 7th C, 2nd edition. Okay. And the villains are the bad guys. Sure. Um, the villains, they again, they the end justifies the means. I'm going to do what I need to do for me and mine, and I don't care about you and yours. And they, but they have a goal. They right. have an objective. They have something they're trying to do. It isn't just random chaos so that I can cause random chaos. Right. Why are they villains? Right. You know, if I'm chaotic evil and I'm walking into a town and I'm there to F shit up, um, why am I doing that? Well, because I want to catch my goddess's attention. So she shows, sees that I'm powerful. Like I could mm -hmm. conceivably have a character, chaotic evil character, come into a small town and decide, yeah, when I'm done, I'm going to create a bunch of chaos and burn stuff down and it's just going to be funny. I will leave a wake of misery in my trail. In my trail. But I'm doing that because I don't like the people here. Um, they're Iblith. Sorry, I shouldn't use profanity during the during the podcast. <laughs> Nobody know like there aren't enough people that speak Who drow, speak drow? For it to worry. Yeah. All right. I don't So think. I won't care about you, Iblith, then. Ha ha. <laughs> But right, so what, whatever it is, like I hate dwarves, I'm racist, and I'm going to cause problems for these dwarf, this small dwarven village, and then I'm going to leave. Um, you can do that, but then as long as it's fitting into your milieu, as long as it's fitting into that objective right, of your, your character, goals. I think that that's fine. Yeah. Right. Just I, looking at your sheet and going, chaotic evil, boy, I better kill something. No, then then you have ventured into chaos. Erase the E and write S for chaotic stupid. Or chaotic neutral, right? You could have a chaotic neutral barbarian who's just like I, I, I need to be covered in blood and mud. Like yeah, that you know I think Five E does a, a good job of, and maybe this is why I look at alignment this way for my game. In that, uh, you've got personality traits right on the character sheet, so. That that's sort of the what that what are they gonna do and alignment helps to, you know, sort of why or maybe how they'll achieve their goals. Sure. Um, I like that you said that, you know, any evil alignment isn't a license to do anything, because the way that I do alignment, 
But like I said, a lawful good or chaotic evil character could punch a baby in the face. But why they're doing that is is where alignment comes in for me. See, um, and and when I'm DMing, and this will help us segue, I would let any character do that. Yes, but then you impose your idea of what law and chaos are. Right, because well, we're, we're going to talk about alignment enforcement, right? Right, that's where we're headed next. So, so, and and I don't have one set way. Okay, right. some some DMs have a, you did something that's counter to your alignment. Do a do a charisma save. Okay, cool. You didn't change today. Um, I, I think that's a cop out. I mean, I've used it. Don't get me wrong. I've used that mechanic. Um, but when a character does something that is marginal, right? Um, the orphanage is burning down. Lawful good paladin, come help us put out the fire. I just bought this beautiful meal and I've been on the road for a month. I'm going to finish my meal and then I'll come help you guys. Um, well, that's, see, so what's that's going not, on? That's I'm not really an acceptable why. I'm really hungry, and, and, and there's like 50 people out there. You don't need – I'm going to finish my meal. Um, so if something like that happened, I, I would let that lawful good paladin finish that dinner, yeah. right? But then he's got to – or she has to get up and walk outside to the livery to make sure that her horse is okay and then there's the burned out wreckage of the orphanage. Well, is Justica, um, the goddess of justice, going to be happy with this paladin? No. Maybe not. So maybe when you go to reset your spells, yeah, sure, the player's handbook says you get to reset these spells. But, uh, oh, no, my friend, you fed your fat face before you went out and helped the helpless you don't get all of your spells. Justica is not happy with you. See, I'd and wait until they try to cast a spell and be like, you loft your holy symbol, and at this point, you notice that it's, wah, it's wah. cracked, or that the chain that is supposed to be stainless has begun to rust, and you suspect that you've fallen out of favor with your deity. Yeah. Um, I, like I, also, I also will disadvantage for similar events... To, to kind of this, yep, I did this thing. I'm really, you know, spiritually, I'm not okay with it. Um, but I'm gonna, you know, yeah, we're we're fighting and we're winning. And instead of offering the other for other side um, a merciful end to this combat, we're gonna we're gonna fight to the last man. It's like, wait a minute, we're a lawful good band of dwarves. And we're gonna slaughter the enemy to the last stand. Like we're beat, we're soundly thrashing them. It's time to offer them uh, an honorable surrender. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, okay, your next attack roll is at disadvantage because you're trying to fight. I'm trying to fight you, but in my mind and in my heart, I'm struggling. Okay. So I'm not gonna be as combat effective with all of this other stuff going on inside my my head in my mind so i 
man, this is so tough. And I, alignment is one of those things that is really case by case. But I, I really liked the example of the, the paladin losing favor with their deity. I really don't like this example because as the DM, I don't impose upon characters' mentality non-magically. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I don't think it would be fair to say you, you the player, your character lawful good dwarf cleric is is struggling mentally with this decision from a moral standpoint and thus you have disadvantage on your attack because if their character isn't struggling mentally i'm not gonna impose that on them so and so if, if they are then like if they're audible about that at the table and are like i right. you know i'm not sure if i should or shouldn't be like your character has disadvantage yeah see i wouldn't do disadvantage but really no, because I, I, I wouldn't, like, at that point, I if they decided to go along with it, then I might do a, a fall of favor with the deity. If they continued to do a series of things like that, then I might resort to the, the charisma save to knock, you know, law to knock neutral. Yeah. Um, or good to neutral, because it's not illegal to run down like it depends right very, very much depends it, um, right situation setting character but i really don't like to unless it's magically i don't as the dm like to impose on my players mental states well um, so so as the dm use what what i would do in let's we'll we'll paint the picture right mm -hmm. your your band of dwarves you're fighting um wild half riders elves, oh half elves um, from a neighboring village who've been stealing beer out of your brewery, right? You you found the rogues, you're fighting them. Um, they're well below half their numbers are are incapacitated or slain. And you really, at this point, you really should, and, and as a DM, I would say that. It's like, okay, guys, like they're fighting defensively and they're trying to run away. What are you going to do? And if they're like, we're gonna kill them all, it's like, so you're lawful good. Are you are you serious? And if the answer is yes, then we're gonna go to the charisma save and that kind of thing. Sure. But if the answer is like, well, because a lot of players, again, like they write the alignment and then it's like that's just one of those things I gotta fill out, and I'm not really worried about it. Um, I've had that with inexperienced players, uh, so and I'll and I'll say like, okay. A lawful good dwarf, like let's 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 talk about this situation from an ethics standpoint. And do you if if you're committed to it, I'm you know again that's your character. You need to play it. Um, but it's just like in real life. You know this thing is wrong. I think this thing is wrong. And then over time, it's like you know, it's not wrong. It's you know. Um, stealing uh, downloading music from the internet yeah that's intellectual property theft but you know after watching record labels get filthy rich and and uh and forget it i don't care anymore i don't care that it's stealing i'm gonna steal right yeah it's an alignment change so in that that's in that an scenario, alignment change in right? that scenario with that new player um because i had this happen in the first like two months of this game uh when uh one of our one of our guys' wives was still playing. Um, 
and she was playing a pixie uh, druid rogue multi-class and her alignment at the beginning was chaotic evil because she wanted her character to be chaotic evil and after the the first you know four or five sessions of her character like healing people and talking to people friendly and asking if people are okay i was like hey are you sure that you you're evil like i i i had that conversation with her um right and and she was like well i i feel evil but i don't really do a lot of evil things so so i guess not no and so we just we changed the alignment to to chaotic neutral um but i i would rather do that than try to you know wrestle for control of a character's mental state um i don't I, again I, i'm not looking for control it's more like you as the player said you want to play this character is that really the character you're you're playing maybe right is that I, maybe that is if control I'm, if maybe, I'm, maybe i am a little bit of a control freak if I mean, and, and the other thing that i'll do um is you did this thing that violates your alignment you get back to camp you can't sleep the okay. the thought See, of I like, I like that too though killing That's all like of those elves the thought of killing all of those elves even as they cried out for mercy it, it's it's giving you nightmares it's keeping you up at night you sat down for a long rest i'm afraid my friend here's uh a level of exhaustion okay right I see i like that too and and you're gonna you're not gonna sleep well until either um you pray to moradin and atone for your souls your sins or you you do something nice for somebody like so so where do you uh um all right so i have an example and i would like to know if you think that it is the character changing alignments or changing perspectives okay right? so is the character going from lawful good to chaotic evil or is there belief in what constitutes law and good changing right okay Arthas Menethil from Warcraft. Okay. At the Culling of Stratholme is arguably where he really starts to change. But yep. is he changing alignments or is he changing perspectives? Do you think? So I think again, this is purely my opinion. Right, but it's good to have perspectives. Like the Culling of Stratholme is an alignment shift. Okay. Okay, because in the world of Warcraft, you've got, you could have put a bubble over Stratholme, a so la Dalaran. Imagine it from a D&D perspective, because obviously okay. good and evil are pre-established in Warcraft. In Warcraft. Yeah, so I, in I a more amorphous system. I still think, I, I again, it is... He he saw the culling of Stratholme as the only answer to stopping the plague. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the end, stopping the plague, justified the means. 
Okay. Okay. Did why did they kill? Why couldn't they quarantine Strathholm? Um, maybe. Right. Maybe. Um, could could they? So Uther wanted of, to try to heal people. Right. But you so, risk transmitting the disease. But you, there there were other. So I think that I think that was the the turning for me. That's an alignment shift. Okay. Okay, I'll just. No, that's okay because I. It's, it's an alignment shift. I I think it's a perspective change because he, within so this is where it's sort of like within that character's mental space, Arthas believes that he is doing, he is following the law, because he is upholding his oaths. He's protecting more of the kingdom than he is hurting. That utilitarian, um, mm -hmm. ideal. Uh, it's his duty to do so, right? So that, you know, it's his duty to protect the land and protect the people. Um, and he's doing he's doing something good because he is eliminating evil. Like, so I think that that is a perspective change and that throughout the entirety of his arc, he is, as he imagines himself, to be lawful good. Even when he is full Lich King, and he is summoning hordes of undead in order to wipe the earth clean. In his head, he is lawful good. Hitler believed he was lawful good. So that's, like, if I have a lawful good paladin, and I, you know, run down the goblins, let's kill them all, having somebody impose disadvantage on me makes me feel like okay but that's that's what's going on in my character's head so if it does merit an alignment change then you know maybe i i don't i don't know it's really tough it's it and it's and the the, the thing is it's very it, i mean we're talking about applied ethics right which is in a specific situation with a specific set of information what action would you take Okay. Okay. See, and I That's, think it is, why did you take the action that you did? Sure. Given this circ that set of circumstances, right? So, yes. no, if, again, if I'm, if I'm a lawful good cavalier and me and the paladin and the lawful good cleric are in the countryside and we are trying to push back the goblin horde... Yeah, I'm running down every goblin I see because every dead goblin today is one fewer raider tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And the goblins, we are in a just war declared by my king to fight the goblin horde. So, yeah, yeah no, no alignment shift whatsoever. Um, I think same thing same group they happen upon a farmhouse where a bunch of brigands have dressed up like goblins and are thieving and and pillaging right um once we realize they're humans and members of the kingdom 
then we probably need to show them mercy and bring them before the magistrate and have them tried in a court of law because they're citizens, they're subjects of the king, and they're not goblins. If if that is the way law works in your setting. In that yes. setting, right. So, so like with, the, with the Warcraft example, I, obviously within that mythos, Arthas turns chaotic evil. According to the canon, that is an alignment change. But right. I think that I, I the mentality of the ownership of that character's thoughts and and perspective remain his. Um, so we're talking about alignment enforcement here, uh, and I think that this is a good time to uh, get in our patron question. Uh, we have a question from James K this week. Uh, should DMs encourage alignment restrictions for a paladin that has an oath based on what that oath is and who it is with? What do you think? So, gosh, that's a good. I'm I. So I am not a big paladin player. You're a cavalier player. That's paladin adjacent. It's paladin adjacent, and so um, I so, again. Oh, here we go. Von yeah. Krumpus. You had an oath. Yeah. So so um, Hanover von Krumpus was a character that you played in a campaign that I ran for a little while. And he was a um, paladin of the shield, which means he, he protects was, the little people from, um... Was he a paladin or a cavalier? Uh, he was a cavalier of the Order of the Shield. Okay, that was a, path, a Pathfinder of, Cavalier class. Yes, Knight okay. of the Order of the Shield. And the Order of the Shield protects the small folks from predation, the predations of the environment, and the aristocracy. So think Robin Hood, okay? Yeah. Esque. Robin Hood-esque. Yeah. Um, so should should he have alignment restrictions? Should yeah. I enforce or encourage alignment restrictions for you given that oath? If so, I'm the yes, DM and you're the right? player. I, I'm the jackass DM that's going to make you roll with disadvantage if you go against your, your alignment. Okay activity so absolutely 100 um, percent unless you and i had talked and it's like i think von krumpus since he was a noble is feeling guilty inside like if if i come to you as the player and say i want to change my character's mental outlook i want to change his perspective then we yeah. have I mean, and that's fertile ground for side quests and role play opportunities totally. and that Character kind of stuff, right? Character development, though, that's all good stuff. But no, if, um, yeah, I, I'm a hundred percent on with with. So James, yes, if you have taken an oath with a deity as a DM, I'm going to research that deity. I'm going to understand your oath, and if your oath is to always um, protect the small folks and you topple a turnip cart on the way to market and you don't stop and help pick up those turnips, you're going to have – there will be a consequence. Hmm. Okay. Right? And that could be that – the deity doesn't answer your spells. You have a real you, God. That I can't. I cannot. I toppled that cart, and that that poor farmer. You know, I he turned and looked at me with those just. This is 
all the goods I have in the world, and now there's some blood. This is all I have, and I just can't get that face out of my mind. Here's a level of exhaustion. Yes, so 100%. Okay. So Um, what do you... So I... Uh, so I, I, I don't want to tell you that you answered the question wrong, but maybe I'm interpreting it differently, uh, where I would not encourage alignment restrictions for a paladin that has an oath. I would encourage oath-based restrictions. So specifically for 5e, I'm, like right now I'm looking at the paladin oath of the crown, for which the tenets are law, loyalty, courage, and responsibility. If law is a tenant, you should be lawful. And I agree that there should be some sort I, I don't see how you could have a chaotic Oath of the Crown paladin unless there were no laws and the ruler that you swore your, the crown, the sovereignty, the kingdom that you swore your oath to is supposed to be chaotic. Maybe that, like, it's, again, that's like a very weird, atypical case. Um, something like the Paladin Oath of Devotion, where your tenets are honesty, courage, compassion, honor, duty. Duty doesn't have to be lawful. So you could be a chaotic, evil, devotion paladin and and make it work. It might be a little weird, um, but I, I wouldn't encourage an alignment restriction, though I might watch that early on for alignment shift to make sure that they sort of, not picked the right one, but sort of made sure that they picked what made sense for the way they wanted the character to explain their behaviors. Yeah, um, I... I don't know if I would allow an evil character to take the tenets of devotion just because of the lie and cheat. So maybe they don't lie and cheat, but that doesn't mean they couldn't be evil. You just have to be, you can be honest and be shitty. Like, yeah, that's true. Shopkeeper, open up or I will burn down your home. I will accept no more than 20 gold for these water skins. it could right but you'd have to have a a player that was willing to put in that much effort into adhering to their tenants and to do that like a lot of players don't want that fantasy and i think that's and i think that's where i'm okay with the hey you want to be a paladin with a oath of devotion fine lawful good chaotic good it's got to be a good alignment i again as a dm i think i'm I'm okay with that. Now, if a player came to me and said, I've got this really cool concept, I've got this backstory, I want to do character development, I want to start in this chaotic evil mindset, and I want to get to a chaotic good mindset, yeah, we, we could talk. But I think prima facie, right off the face of it, no, I'd, I'd restrict the alignment. Okay. What about uh, Oath of Vengeance? Flip over to that one. <clears throat> so your tenants are fight the greater evil, no mercy for the wicked, by any means necessary, and restitution. <clears throat> you could be... Oh, yeah, no, that's... Yeah, so again, I, I think this is kind of an oath-by-oath oath basis, right? I mean, I'm sure that it is, but if... Right? So if you're neutral evil, paladin of vengeance, your greater evil could be the forces of good that threaten to seek to 
to yeah. grow up and destroy you could be a vengeance paladin of nature and you like grew up in a village that is subservient to a black dragon and the dragon's like hey those elves are encroaching on the swamp they're destroying nature they are evil we are going to destroy them yeah oh yeah no yeah so i, I think ah, I, that's a cool I character think this idea. question is i think james's question is um yeah so i think i think my answer is going to be it's based on the oath and it's based on the deity okay sure right because yeah, if you yeah there's yeah. lots of pantheons and how they react to because if you are doing paladin magic the way that it is written they get their power from their uh divine source um so yeah depending on what the, i yeah I, I agree i think it would be oath dependent and yeah. maybe even Indeed. just case by case because i i would allow a chaotic evil devotion paladin it would just be challenging i think um but if that was the fantasy that that character wanted see because i'm all about rule of fun and rule of cool rule like, of fun and rule of cool yep if nope, that's, that's the fun. fantasy that that player wants then i will do almost anything i can to make it happen um and if for whatever reason you feel like being a chaotic evil devotion paladin we will try may not work out but we will try yeah um what about what uh what about oathbreaker because that's sort of the weird the weird one yeah i think you could be any alignment i would not Im impose alignment restrictions for an oathbreaker because you could be lawful good and made one mistake and now you're an oathbreaker spending the rest of your life trying to attune like sure or you could be like ostrich my chaotic evil paladin who has sworn away the gods and laws of the men who taught and failed him <sighs> um all right where's uh i mentioned osric where do you want to do the uh how to be a good evil character bit so we can do that i mean because i've already talked a lot about realistic behaviors based on alignments okay yep right we've taught we've covered that a lot like if if you are a and again it's very situationally dependent but lawful good characters traditionally need to listen to pleas uh from combat combatants for mercy right traditionally in 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 most settings yes i'm, I'm fighting you um we're in a combat and you drop your weapons and say please please i've had enough yes in most settings a lawful good character right. yep is gonna should stop right um so so yeah, so I, 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 I wrote here, like, I, I kind of put this in here um, as kind of beyond alignment for me. So when I'm thinking of a playing an evil character, actually when I'm thinking about playing any character, um, I do a little bit more uh, thinking, I do a thought, I do the thought experiment that I've got, I've got here, then I'll, I'll, I'll walk you through what I did. Sure. And 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 we'll see if this if this helps Osric or not. So, I play a lot of Drow characters. Drow no, characters Hank. traditionally are chaotic evil, and so I look at the cultural and social norms of that group, 
almost like an anthropologist. I'm not an anthropologist, but I look at it like an anthropology study. Yeah, through um, that lens. Through that lens. So I look at the religion of Lolf, right? And I'll leave gender out of it. We know that females are the greater species and males are just garbage, but we'll 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 set that aside. Um, and I, I think so if you were following this religion, and I'm not going to use good and evil and right or wrong. I'm going to talk about morally correct and morally incorrect. Per that lens. Per that lens. Okay. So morally correct, if you are a stringent followers of the teaching of Lolf, based on the canon that we've talked about for Faerun and Ed Greenwood and Ari Salvatore, Lisa Smedman, yada, 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 yeah. right? It is morally correct to amass power, right? Because the faithful of Lolf show their devotion by becoming more and more powerful, which makes them more and more useful to the demon queen of spiders. Makes so sense. morally correct, power equals favor. So amassing power is correct. Now, the means are irrelevant so long as you amass power, right? That's, yes. again, that's if you look at all the source material. Um, and then what's good, what good is power if you don't use it? So using power is a display, again, morally correct to show that you have this power to, for the goddess to take notice of you. So... Using power is pleasurable and and demonstrating power by torturing another person or committing acts of debauchery, right? That's all good, morally correct, right? I'm not supposed to be using that word good. Right. It's all morally correct for this. For, for this, a worshiper of Loth. Of Loth. So then what's morally incorrect? What would be things that diminish my power? Okay. Mercy, kindness, charity is probably the worst sin in this mind space. Because if I give you charity, I'm robbing you of the ability to amass power for yourself and show that you are morally correct in the eyes of Lolf. Right. I've robbed you of your chance to, to take power because I've given you something for free. Could, all right. Okay. So mercy would be weakness. If I have power over you and I show you mercy, why would I do that? Why wouldn't I demonstrate my power by being powerful? Trust would be foolishness. Why would I? I I'm amassing per power to to be number one in the eyes of the goddess. You are amassing power not to help me. We can't. We shouldn't trust each other. That's why trust is a is actually a, the drow word for trust is always spoken as a sarcastic as a sarcastic tone, mm -hmm. right? Um, so we have this religious tradition based on amassing personal power without regard to rules or empathy um, and to 
other people outside of this culture, what is that? Chaotic evil. Well, to some other people, right? Right. So, so that's kind of when I play an evil character, right? I run through that kind of thought exercise um, so that I can kind of feel out, is this the right alignment for me? And then, yes, it says chaotic evil on my sheet. And um, so I'm in a bar, right? And the waitress brings me my drink, finally, and I cut her with a poison dagger. Not enough to hurt her, but she's going to die of that poison while well, it's drow poison. So she's going to fall asleep in about three hours, and then I'm going to go find her and give her what for, right? Probably skin the bottom of her feet um, just Jeez. just for just just to show that Ibleth what what's what. Now, and, and right, we talked about chaotic stupid, and you might say, well, geez, Jack, you just did this whole rail against chaotic stupid, and now you're talking about poisoning this girl and cutting the soles of her feet off. But you like, have, you have, what the hell are you doing? You it's have like, well, done your work to prepare to explain. She that. brought me my drinks late and warm. And I'm going to show her my power and show the goddess that I am not to be trifled with. Okay. But again, I'm not going to try to slice her open in a crowded bar I'm going to slice her with that drow sleeping poison. Probably try to make a stealth roll to not get caught doing it because getting caught is stupid, right? That's yep. something we didn't put in in my thought experiment here, but that's one of the one of the other things you'll see in a lot of the the Drist books. Um you know, getting if you can do evil you can do whatever you want to amass power, just don't get caught. Right. Sure. Deception is is also one of their power and deception are kind of their central tenets. Um, so. So, yeah. And and at that. But I've done like you said, I've done my homework. This this character is going to take this action. It's going to be in keeping with this chaotic evil mindset. The people in my party traditionally, um, especially in my current situation, uh, my characters will often excuse themselves. I have to go to the bathroom, um, which I know a lot of adventuring. A lot of times in D&D games, people ignore things like, I need to take a leak or that kind of thing. Yep. Uh, my characters very often uh, use bodily functions to move away from the party and do something that they know will be questionable to the other folks. Now I'm not doing that again. I'm not doing that for their feelings. I need those schmoes to adventure with because I'm a bard, right? So yeah. I need my tank and I need my healer and I need my magicians, right? I'm a support class cat character class. I can't do it alone, so I need them. So I need to keep them in the dark for the things that I know are going to trigger their, you know, oh, you're a goody goody two shoe snowflake. And why you can't cut the souls off of that poor waitress? How's she going to make a living? It's like, I don't know, but once her souls grow back, maybe she'll bring her drinks faster. 
So, um, uh, you have built your uh, drow characters and a little bit of Dorea around the canon of Lolf, right? Yes. So, like, you, you have a well-established way to look at that and set of rules for that. And I'm thinking about I'm thinking about this for for my Oathbreaker Paladin Osric. Mm-hmm. He um he does not I don't want to say doesn't believe. I'm sure that he perhaps believes or understands that deities play a role in the world. Um but he doesn't give a damn because his everything that he learned about the deity that he studied when he was going to become a, you know, a real paladin was wrong for him. Right. Um, so he doesn't, everything he does is to serve his purposes, which sure. are enacting justice on the people that wronged him for the name of him and his family who were, were, were killed. Um, so I, I'm going through your thought experiment here. Things that would be morally correct for Osric to do would be things that, uh, well, in his current situation, getting back to his world is number one. Okay. Um, n knowing that it is because if he can't enact his justice, then his life is is worthless. It's as worthless as the people. Like he might as well just go be with his family, um, right? So he he wants evidence that that is possible and is fighting to to be free. He is uh very about self preservation, um. He doesn't care for power or money or items. Like, none of that matters. Everything for him is, can I hurt the people who hurt me? Sure. Um, is that too shallow? Is that where I'm I'm going wrong, where I don't have I, that degree of stuff? Because, like, don't... every time we clear a room, the... The bugbear and the half orc are like, oh, we're gonna loot the bodies. And every time Osric has this vial of perfume that he smells before and after every fight, so he smells that and then walks off. Like he's not waiting for them. They are slow and want to be here and are greedy because they want gold, and gold just builds kingdoms which kings use to kill innocent people. So mm -hmm. he has none of that. Um but that I, I don't I don't know. I'm not maybe I'm just not sure what I need for him. I I we talked about him a little bit uh I don't know if it was last time or episode five, but um the the party doesn't like him, I don't mm -hmm. think, and he doesn't like them at all. Um but <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe I am treating my alignment the way I would think of alignment. 
and not the way you would or perhaps my DM would. Mm-hmm. Because I'm using a lot of the 5e stuff where like his personality traits are that he doesn't put any faith, trust in divine beings, and those that deem innocence should be killed shouldn't be in charge. Um, he refuses to talk about what haunts him, even though anyone can see that something does because his eye he is just like visibly, permanently, emotionally damaged by what he has seen. And that's part of his, his haunted one background. Um, his ideals are that he has a dark calling that puts him above the law. The law has failed me and my family, and I no longer care for order of any kind. Um, his bond is that there's evil within me. While I attempt to keep it at bay, I know that someday the rage will break me. Uh, he's frustrated that he can't enact his justice, so I think maybe next level I'm going to start multiclassing him into, uh, Path of the Ancestral Guardian Barbarian. Uh, I talked about that a little bit, where my guardians are going to be my family, like from Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And his flaws are that he he talks to spirits no one can see, and it's hard for him to be quiet because he's muttering to himself and and constantly like kind of talking to his his family. And I'm I'm gonna make it better. It's gonna be okay. Screw these so, guys. Like, so um, it. If you had a a tip to help me, either play him i i don't know i think i'm playing him well i think maybe it's just the setting having played with you i'm i'm fairly certain that you are you are playing because you're also a little bit of a method actor and Um, i'm a little bit of a breaker i'll admit it like osric doesn't want to be in the labyrinth and i built him like that so i built a character that doesn't want to be in where and, he is. And and this is a challenge for a DM because it's a group game. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, it, 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 if this was a movie or a Netflix series or whatever, right, I think the viewers wouldn't be surprised if Osric, like, okay, cool, we just fought all these guys and wow, look, there's cupboards and cabinets and we're gonna we're gonna take a long rest here, and we're gonna look through all this shit. And Osric would be like, "I'm out. Like, we're, I'm done. I'm going down this hall. And if you're not behind me in ten minutes, I the next time I see you, I'll run my sword through you." And it turns into a solo campaign. So I did that episode, like the first session that we played after the. I want to say it was after the first room that we fought things in, Osric used his lay on hands to heal him up for the hit that he was taken, and he yeah. marched on into the next room. And the other two were like, no, we're staying here. Like, we're, we're going to take a short rest. And Osric, under his breath, is like, worst half orc I've ever known. Like, I knew half orc children that worked harder than you. Um, and so he walks into the next room and uh, gets knocked unconscious by a, a set of living armor. Um, and the living armor goes back to its, you know, pre-triggered state, and he yep. succeeds on his death saves, and he starts to sort of crawl out of there, and he manages to, like, sneak back to the stairs where he begrudgingly takes a short rest anyway, but um, I did that. But so, so for this hard. character, are you looking for the party to help draw that character out? Like... So you as the player, where are you where are you taking that character and does your DM know where you want to go? Um 
So my DM probably doesn't, actually, because there's not a lot of RP or character development in this campaign. Uh, okay. We, and we knew that, sort of from the start, that it was going to be like, we're going to play this when we can't play the main game, and we're it's, it's going to be uh, a dungeon grind. Um, and so there, we do a little bit of, of RP and interaction between rooms that we're in, but... Uh, like the the most of that that we've done, we hit like the shopkeeper room, and so the the bugbear and the half orc are like talking to the shopkeeper while Osric is on a knee, perfume in hand, trying not to murder this greedy mur- the capitalist. Like, and it's uh. It was suggested to him that this person was, you know, not able to be fought. Um, so he, you know, he just stewed a, a little bit. Sure. Um, I mean that, but he that could wants. Be an entire... Sorry, I didn't, I didn't answer the question. He no. wants to get out of the labyrinth, and he has been told by the wizard who brought him here that if they get far enough into it he'll send them home so that that's why he is is going forward and that's what he's motivated by he wants to get out and he doesn't want he is resentful that the people who are with him do not also seem to want to get out as bad as he does gotcha and he you know maybe suspects that they're in on it um he already doesn't like them because they they pick up gold which he thinks is greedy uh and yeah so I mean, we, we could actually have a show about how to dm broken parties it doesn't this doesn't sound it's this sounds like a borderline broken party to me i don't it's not okay it's and we we haven't played it that many times i think we've had three sessions uh in the alt game total so um you know, there, there's still room for that a little bit. Um, but, but yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'll keep, well, I'll keep talking about him. Evil is tough. Um, I, I think that your questions have led me to believe that it may not be an alignment issue and maybe just more of a, like, I don't want to say DM issue cause he does a good job. Um, but like a an issue with my character and the world, perhaps the setting. Like it's it's the wrong character for the setting. Right. Um, that's that's what I'm thinking. Is that your your character? This sounds like the kind of character that might be good for a extended campaign where there's lots of role play. Yes. Right. Because again, John wants to play Osric, but John Osric wants might to play Osric, and 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 I and. Right. If I was if I was your DM, I would say, so what's your what's success look like in the Osric storyline? Like, is this <laughs> is this a uh, horror film slasher? He gets revenge and he sits in a bathtub of the blood of his enemies. Is this a he meets a love interest on the way who changes his heart and now. This is a redemption story, like, you know, I, I almost it's almost like a seventh C kind of conversation where, like, 
where do you want this guy to wind up? Sure. And and if the answer is, I, I don't know, well, then let's let him stew for a while as a character and see what happens. But then eventually we're going to have to find a a story arc that makes sense because um, a character like that, um, I'm not saying that this is happening, but a character like that can make the rest of the party really uncomfortable and not have a lot of fun. Yes. Right. Yeah, which is why which is why I threw out broken party, the the broken party term, because if you have a character like that. Right. And and I'm aware of that, too, as my I play my evil characters with groups of good characters like. I, I don't want every single end of fight sequence to be uh, an argument about who lives and who dies. Sure. Right. Or I don't like we we found a kenku and we tied him up you know hold hold person tie him up cool he's tied up he's immobile take a hey paladin take a walk paladin paladin warlock and 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 fighter i need you guys just to walk down the hall for for a little bit go in the other room see what's in there or oh my gosh i forgot a oh i forgot this thing back at the in the tavern you run back and grab it for me yeah well miss del rey we can't leave you alone i'll be and, you know, and she's pulling out a, a dagger she's like i'll be fine right yeah and they come back and his lower beak is missing and he's missing feathers and he's missing an eye and he's sobbing inconsolably but del rey knows where we have to go next and they're like yeah. so what are we going to do with him? It's like, don't worry. It's like, uh, what did you do with him? Don't ask. Don't ask. Don't right. ask. Don't tell. Don't ask. Don't tell. The poison that the poison he won't suffer for much longer. Come on, fellas, let's go. And 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 no, but that's great though. And I I think that this has has helped me identify that it is not an alignment issue. I think Osric right. is a, a good chaotic, good. A well-designed chaotic evil character, um, yeah, but that just may be wrong for the setting. Yeah, um, yeah. Man, alignment. Who knew? Uh, I feel like every time we get to the end of an episode, we could just keep going for hours. Um, and we may need to do a future episode on alignment if it continues to come up and we want to talk about other things. But you know, I, I think I would instead of doing one on alignment. I think I would rather do one on um, matching your alignment, which we've talked about a lot, with your deity or religious traditions. Okay. Because I think that's a hole that doesn't get filled a lot in a lot of games. So right? that might be a, a... I'm a chaotic evil drow. Okay, cool. So... Um, what are you doing? Oh, I'm going to clean up these spider webs. No, my friend. Oh, right. I'm a cleric of Moradin. Okay. What are you doing? Oh, I'm going to take a nap. You're going to take a nap? There's a forge right down. You can hear the ringing forge, and you're going to sleep instead of going and, and doing some metal work? What kind of cleric of Moradin are you? You know, that kind of... Sure. Matching up those kind of religious traditions with your alignment and your character's 
outlook. I think that brought that that helps you play your alignments because yeah. you have more of those ingrain, you know, again, you think of the real world. Hey, it's I'm a Seventh Day Adventist. It's Saturday. What are you doing? Well, I'm going to church, right? And I'm going right. to sing this song and I'm going to right in the real world you have certain rituals that you accomplish uh for spiritual uh wellness. Sure. And I think a lot of D&D characters just like again, not being judgmental, but I think there are a lot of people out there that just pick an alignment, they flip through the player's handbook, they find a deity that has a cool name, a name they can pronounce with that alignment, and they write that down, and that's, you know, done, 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 done. Sure, sure. Yeah, I think that could be a good, uh, and we falls in the category of talking about player background, maybe like world building, maybe uh, like deep dive into character development. Um, but that uh, is going to wrap it up for alignment. Um unless you have any final thoughts. I think that that was, uh, was hopefully pretty good. I think we introduced it. I think about so. It, talked about evil for a long time, which is good. Yeah. Answered our patron question. We did. Um, and you helped me solve uh, solve my Osric dilemma. So that's going to do it for Set the Table Episode 7. Uh, thank you for listening. If you would like to comment on the show or ask a question, uh, please tweet uh, at me at jmscoda5 or at Red Hoodie Games. Um, you can also shoot us an email to jmscoda52 at gmail.com. Um, you can find alternating content for your tabletop games. Uh, we do this show one week, and then the next week I'll post something on the blog. Uh, the blog is at redhoodiegames5.wordpress.com. And finally, if you would like to support us any more than just watching, head on over to patreon.com slash SCOTA, that's S-K-O-D-A, uh, and anything that you do to support us is awesome. So uh, that has been another episode of Set the Table, and thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Good day.